0: in Lord's Day 26 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 26. And There, the church has summarized the word of God as follows. How does holy baptism signify and seal to you that the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross benefits you? In this way, Christ instituted this outward washing and with it gave the promise that as surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, so certainly his blood and spirit wash away the impurity of my soul, that is, all my sins. What does it mean to be washed with Christ's blood and spirit? To be washed with Christ's blood means to receive forgiveness of sins from God through grace because of Christ's blood poured out for us in his sacrifice on the cross. To be washed with his spirit means to be renewed by the Holy Spirit and sanctified to be members of Christ so that more and more we become dead to sin and lead a holy and blameless life. Where has Christ promised that he will wash us with his blood and spirit as surely as we, were, we are washed with the water of baptism? In the institution of baptism where he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This promise is repeated where Scripture calls baptism the washing of regeneration and the washing away of sins. So far, our confessions. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, and boys and girls, you belong to the Lord. This afternoon, we confess with Lord's Day 26 the meaning of the sacrament of holy baptism. What does it mean for you that you've been baptized? A lot of people in Canada who have been baptized but don't know at all what their baptism means. What does your baptism mean for you? That's what Lord's Day 26 is about. And our baptism, as we confess in Lord's Day 26 here, should mean a lot to us. Should be something precious to us. It has a glorious and comforting meaning, after all. The sacraments, you know, were instituted to confirm Christ's work for us. That sprinkling with water before the whole congregation confirms something to us from God so that we can live out of it. And that's what makes our baptism a wonderful sign and seal. With that in mind, I preach to you what we confess from the Bible in Lord's Day 26 with this theme. Our being sprinkled with water at baptism confirms three things. First of all, of ourselves we're quite unclean. Second, Christ's blood washes us clean. And third, his spirit cleanses our lives. First of all, our being sprinkled with water at baptism confirms that of ourselves we're quite unclean. Brothers and sisters boys and girls too, our baptism assures us that God wants to wash away all our sins. But that sprinkling with water is then also a reminder of our uncleanness because of our sins in the first place. Shows us that we are of ourselves unclean, dirty before God. Not on the outside, but on the inside, before God. Sin has defiled our whole lives, as descendants of Adam and Eve we're already born in sin. When parents hold their child at the front here for baptism, they confess that that child was conceived and born in sin, and therefore subject to condemnation, even before that child has consciously done anything yet. Condemnable before God. If an adult stands here before, for baptism, to profess their faith and to be baptized, then that adult also confesses that he or she was born in sin and, and, and is inclined to sin every day again so that everything he or she does is tainted with sin. Of ourselves, we only become more and more unclean before God all the time. Day by day. That's actually what John the Baptist's preaching was about. You know that when he ministered in Judea, he proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And what that meant was that the messianic king was about to come and bring deliverance, salvation However, when people came to John, they didn't rejoice about the coming of that king, no. They realized that before they could welcome this promised Messiah and his kingdom, they had to repent. They needed to be cleansed of their sins. Because this king wasn't coming to deal with the Romans, he was coming to deal with his people's sin. The most dangerous enemy of all wasn't the Romans or so, it was a sin that still lived in their hearts. And, in, and that existed in their lives. And that's what John the Baptist's baptism showed then too. And with that washing with water in the Jordan, John was actually hooking up with all that symbolic washing that already took place in the Old Testament. In a lot of the Old Testament laws, the Lord wanted to impress on the Israelites that in themselves they were defiled and unclean because of sin. Too defiled to live near him. There were all kinds of ways in which a person, according to the laws of Moses, could become unclean before God. If somebody ended up with leprosy, some other kind of skin disease, or somebody touched a dead body, or if women had their period, those things made a person unclean. They were then supposed to leave the camp they were not to come near the Lord as a sign that the Lord wouldn't tolerate, couldn't tolerate uncleanness. And then they were only allowed in the camp and near the tabernacle again if the cause of their uncleanness had disappeared and they had washed themselves thoroughly and their clothes also with clean water. Now the reason why people like that were pronounced unclean wasn't necessarily because their sickness was contagious or it wasn't to shame them or so. The reason why they were considered unclean was because their condition in one way or another was a reminder to all of the fall into sin. Death and sickness, definite reminders of sin and the consequences of sin. Menstruation, a reminder of original sin passed on from parents to children. And the Lord used those conditions then to constantly remind his people of their fall into sin and their continuing state of sinfulness and uncleanness before him. Those laws were a constant instruction to Israel of their uncleanness before God in themselves. Well, when he instituted baptism as a sacrament and sent his disciples out to Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ. Kept that element of washing as a reminder of sin, too. The water of baptism is in the first place intended, as it says in the form for baptism. You can read it at home again, read that form for baptism. It says at the the front of that form for baptism... That that water is to remind us of the impurity of our souls so that we detest ourselves and seek our cleansing and salvation outside of ourselves. That's a hard thing to do, to seek it outside of ourselves. And the water of baptism is meant then to totally humble us so that we realize that of ourselves we are dead in our sins. Right from conception and birth already. That's the first thing that baptism teaches us. Every time there's a baptism here, that's something to think about. And that's, so that's not something we only need to be taught once and that's it. No, that's something we have to learn over and over again. Because we're not, by nature, we're not humble. By nature, we want to seek it in ourselves. Every time water is sprinkled on a child or an adult here, the baptismal font, then we're all reminded again, We're unclean sinners of ourselves. We all need to seek our cleansing and salvation outside of ourselves. And we better do that. And that lesson has to go with us in our everyday life. And then we also realize, you see, our need for God's grace. It's also something we have to remember, you know, when when a brother or sister in the Lord or an office bearer comes to us and expresses concern about a certain thing we're doing and they show us from the Bible that it's sinful. This is not a good thing you're doing here. It's unbiblical. How, how do we react then? Do you humbly bow your head because you know your sins and impurity before God? Or do you fly off the handle because you can't stand being told about your sin by somebody else? None of your business There's lots of people doing those kind of things. Why don't you go and admonish them? Why are you picking on me? See, we need that humbling lesson of the water of baptism. We need that on an ongoing basis to remember when we admonish, when we are admonished, but also when we admonish a brother or sister about a sin or weakness in their life. Because when we go to somebody else, then we also then acknowledge our own sinfulness. So we're not going to look down on others either? Talk down at them when we warn them about their sin? No, then then we think too. There, for the grace of God, go I. Our baptism reminds us we're no better in ourselves, no more pure in ourselves than anybody else. And we all have to seek our salvation outside of ourselves, whoever we are. Outside of ourselves in Jesus Christ. So baptism teaches us that all God's children are born in sin and unclean of themselves. That they're unworthy of themselves to enter the kingdom of God unless they're cleansed and reborn and made into new people by God himself. Our baptism declares that God wants to do that for us too, though. And that's a beautiful thing. And that brings us to the second part of the sermon. The baptism confirms to us that Christ's blood washes us clean. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the water of baptism tells us that our souls need to be cleansed then. But that water also confirms to us that the Lord indeed wants to cleanse our souls Cleanse away all our sins. That's what John the Baptist' baptism of Israelites in the Jordan already showed too. When he proclaimed that the kingdom of God was near and the king was coming, he didn't say to the people who came to him, sorry, God's kingdom is closed for you guys. You're too filthy to enter. No, what he said came down to this. You're too unclean because of sin to meet the king yourselves. But there is a way. Into the kingdom. You need to be cleansed of your sins. And whoever comes in true repentance and has his or her sins washed away, they can enter the kingdom. Actually, all those washings and cleansings which were prescribed in the Old Testament and that we mentioned before had that same gospel mes- message. The people who had become unclean because of skin disease or touching a dead body. Because of menstruation, they weren't told to leave the camp of Israel for good. They weren't told you can't ever come back again, no. In spite of their uncleanness, which symbolized the uncleanness of sin, there was a way for them to come back again, too, into the camp and live with God and his people again. They were welcomed back when they had thoroughly washed themselves And you know, every time there's a baptism in the church here, we're reminded in the prayer just before the baptism of two other occasions in the Old Testament in which water flowed and cleansed and therefore pointed to baptism. Those two occasions in the prayer are God's saving of Noah and his family in the waters of the Great Flood and the saving of the Israelites from Pharaoh and his army when they crossed the Red Sea, the waters of the Red Sea. In both cases, water made a separation, cleansed in a certain way. Water not only justly destroyed sinners, but also graciously saved sinners. Think of Noah. In himself, Noah was no better than other people on earth in his days. In himself, no more worthy to be saved. He and his family carried the same root of sin inside themselves, Not long after the flood, for instance, Noah became drunk. His son Ham mocked him when he saw him naked in his tent. So, you see, Noah and his family of themselves also deserved to die in the great deluge, which came over the world as punishment for sin. Yet, by means of that water, God lifted Noah and his family in the ark out of the punishment and into a new life under God's grace. A beautiful picture. And think of the people of Israel in Egypt. Of themselves, they were no better than the Egyptians. No more worthy of deliverance. They were also defiled with sin, worthy of being punished with death, just like all the other Egyptians too. Yet the Lord led them out of Egypt, right through the waters of the Red Sea. And by means of that water, their past was washed away, And they entered a new way of life in the covenant with God. Cleansed, you could say, in the Red Sea. Those those incidents, you see, pointed to the great cleansing which God was going to bring for his people in Jesus Christ. Water couldn't really wash away sins. Only the precious, holy blood of God's one and only Son could wash away sins. And he underwent the full wrath of God against sin in the place of others. And because his blood, his holy blood flowed, the lives of sinners can be saved. They go to him. Because of him, the kingdom of heaven is open for repentant sinners. We can appear before t- without terror before God's judgment seat, as is also mentioned in the prayer and baptism. Through him we can be God's children and heirs and he promises to provide all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit see and this is what that water of baptism then teaches us congregation no matter how unclean we are because of sin no matter how much filth has accumulated in our life if we go to Christ in true and humble repentance he will be to us a cleansing flood A sea of water to wash us clean. He promises to wash us clean so we can leave all our sins behind and begin a new life with Him again. This is what God proclaims to us throughout His Word. This is also what He visibly confirms to us in the sacrament of baptism. He wants to assure us, confirm to us, He wants to impress on us that as surely as water washes dirt from the body, so certainly does Christ's blood wash away all our sins when we go to Him in humble repentance. When we realize we need Him and go to Him. And that's what I want to add then to congregation. We need to use our baptism then in order to receive what it assures us of. You see, it's not enough just to be baptized. Thousands of people have been baptized, but for whom their baptism is not going to be any blessing, but it's only going to be a curse. For baptism doesn't automatically wash away all our sins before God at one time. No, the water of baptism, of your baptism, calls you to flee to Christ and the cleansing there is in Him every day again. Time and again. That's what your baptism is telling you. Go to him. He alone is the ark. He alone is a red sea. He alone can save us from our sins and lead lead us to a new life in him. So the water of our baptism is something that urges us to go to Christ every day again. As the only way to salvation and life with God. That we don't seek it in ourselves, we go to Him. The thing is, that water, a baptism, is meant to take away all our doubts about whether God will really forgive all our sins. Just as certainly as you are washed with water, so certainly does Christ wash away all your sins. And then there's no sin too big or too awful to be washed away either. Even if you committed the same sin a thousand times and that sin has become to you a huge mountain of guilt. He will wash away that whole mountain of guilt. He'll throw that whole mountain of guilt into the sea. But You need to actively call on him in humble repentance, then too. Again and again. And believe what he has promised you. If you don't do that, you empty your baptism, you throw away the promise, and then there's no forgiveness either. You need to believe and seek that cleansing promised at your baptism. And if you do, there's a lot of comfort in knowing that just as certainly as you were symbolically cleansed with the water of baptism at the baptismal font, sprinkled with the water there, so certainly does the blood of Christ wash away all your sins. And then not only does Christ's blood fully wash away all your sins, then his spirit will more and more also cleanse your hearts. And that's the last part of the sermon. Christ's spirit wants to cleanse our lives more and more. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls too, note that the catechism actually speaks about two kinds of washing, Lord's Day 26, the washing with Christ's blood and the washing with his spirit. Special attention is paid to that in question and answer 70. And you see, that gives baptism a lot richer and deeper meaning than we usually think. What does that washing with Christ's spirit mean? Well, we know what it means to be washed with Christ's blood. God promises to wash away all our accumulated sin every time again because of Christ's death. Whenever we seek that cleansing and true repentance, as we mentioned before. However... Having your past sins washed away doesn't mean that sin has now automatically disappeared from your life. We know that all too well, don't we? We're forgiven, but sin still remains such a powerful force in our life which we have to fight every day again. It wants to cause us to make ourselves unclean before God every time again. The next day it's there again. The good news is, congregation, that God also wants to destroy that power of sin in your life. Break it down more and more. He removes the guilt of your sin. But that doesn't mean that he now just simply accepts sin in your life. No, he always hates sin. So there has to be some change, some progress in your life too. He wants us to live differently than before after we go to him with our sins of the day. He wants us also to grow in love and obedience in our lives. Well, the water of baptism teaches and promises that too. That water calls us to live a new life. As the form for Baptism puts it, we are through baptism called and obliged by the Lord to a new obedience. We are to cleave to this one God, to trust him, to love him with our whole heart, soul, and mind, and with all our strength. We must not love the world, but put off our old nature and lead a God-fearing life. In other words, it should be seen in us that we've left that old nature and that old world of sin behind us, like Israel left Egypt behind after they passed through the Red Sea. It should be seen in us. Who can really do that, though, brothers and sisters? Who's strong enough to overcome the power of sin in his or her life and to do away with all those sinful desires of the old nature and to live a new life? Who can do that? I'm sure we all have sins which we hate and we fall back into them every time again. Right? Maybe selfishness. Wish I wasn't so selfish. Just creeps up on me. Greed. Pride, slander, gossip, dishonesty, laziness, lack of zeal, wrong sexual desires. We hate those things, right? But we're still so inclined to fall back into them every time again. And that can make you feel miserable and despairing when that happens. It can even make you indifferent, hey, in the end. It doesn't help to fight against that sin in my life. I fight it, but I seem to fall into it every time again. I guess it's just the way I am. I suppose I just can't change for the better. And then you kind of give up. Well, brothers and sisters, it's true. If you're going to try that in your own strength, you're never going to get anywhere. Never get rid of your sins and evil habits by just trying harder. But that is just the point of baptism, too. Baptism directs us to Christ. The more you go to him for forgiveness and give yourself over to him, the more he also promises that his spirit will live in you and cleanse your heart of those remaining sins and weaknesses. And he has the power to do that. You see, baptism doesn't only obligate us to a life of new obedience to God. If that was the only message, it'd be an awful thing to be baptized. We'd despair. We'd see our baptism as more of a burden than a blessing because we can't live up to that obligation out of ourselves. No. The water of baptism gives us encouragement to work at overcoming the sins we fight every day in Christ, in the strength of Christ. It strengthens us when we despair of God's mercy. He wants to wash away our sins time and again. And we shouldn't then just give ourselves over to those sins and remain in them as if it doesn't help to fight against them anyway. No, we should repent, seek forgiveness time and again, and then take up the battle again too. And we can do that knowing that we have this mighty ally on our side who stands by us to help us in our struggle against our remaining sins. And that ally is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, which He obtained for us by His death. Well, He promises to stand by us and help us in our struggle against our sinful nature and those sins that want to take us over every time again. Those habitual sins. By His power, He promises to renew us so that we more and more become dead to sin and lead a holy life. We read about that wonderful promise of the Holy Spirit's cleansing in the part of the prophecies of Ezekiel, which we read together earlier on. The Lord says there to Ezekiel, verses 25 to 27, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And then he says... So that that's the past is gone. And he says, And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, give you a heart of flesh, a heart transplant. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. See, you have already there the promise that the spirit of christ will live in you will cleanse you more and more make a new person out of you give you a new heart someone who more and more walks in holiness before god do you see what that means brothers and sisters boys and girls too that that sprinkling with water took place that took place at your baptism gives you the full right to call on you To call on God to sprinkle you with Christ's spirit as he promised. And to cleanse your life and heart of sin. So that you more and more live a holy life. Your baptism gives you the confidence that Christ's spirit will help you in your battle against sin in your life. Maybe you won't overcome the sins you hate in yourself right away. Maybe it'll take years. It's a process. But the more you seek not only the forgiveness of your sins, but also the strength to fight against your remaining sins, as a sprinkling with water promises, the more the Holy Spirit also will help you in that fight. And slowly on, the hatred of that sin that you're fighting against will grow in you, so it becomes less and less of a power in your life till finally you can let it go. And the desire to obey God's will becomes more and more dominant so that that is what you want. You know what the problem often is with us? We ask way too little of what the Lord has promised us and made clear to us in our baptism. Quite often, I'm afraid, we're just satisfied with asking for the washing away of our sins every time. Just wash it away again, Lord. Wash it away again, Lord. But you've been promised a lot more with the water of your baptism. Forgiveness, of course, yes. Abundant forgiveness every time again. But forgiveness isn't enough by itself that temptation will be back there every time again. That sin which comes back every time again also can disappear out of your life. And it has to disappear out of your life. And you'll never overcome it by yourself because it'll come back time and again until it wears you out and you give up. You need help. And you have that help promised to you as your baptism shows You have the Spirit of Christ promised to you. Abundantly, you can call on God to give you the mighty Spirit of Christ to also cleanse your heart and life of sin more and more. Overcome that power of sin. Oh, it it still will be a struggle and a battle in this life, but a battle which is a glorious battle because there's progress in it. There's progress. The Spirit will help you overcome those temptations step by step. He is powerful. Don't underestimate Him. He helped our Lord Himself overcome those great temptations of Satan while He was here on earth too. Remember how He was tempted? He overcame? Well, that same Spirit will stand by you if you continue to seek His promised cleansing too. Congregation. Do you see... How wonderful your baptism is. What a, what a beautiful sign. Glorious and powerful sacrament. If, if we use it. It shows us our total uncleanness. Certainly. We need to be washed. But it also directs us to where we can be washed. To Christ. Whose blood washes away all our sins. And whose spirit powerfully can cleanse our lives. More and more. God wants us with Him in His glory so much that He not only gave us His Word, but also the sacrament of baptism so that in this life of struggling with our sins and sinfulness, we never, ever, ever have to give up. There's cleansing for us here until God calls us to Himself and then we'll be perfectly clean forever. Amen. Let's sing together in response to the proclamation.